Hello, I'm Gemma Davies, and I'm the Community Manager here at Future of SaaS. Welcome to SaaScast, the podcast that talks you through the steps you need to future-proof your product, whether that's building the ultimate SaaS marketing team or taking your products global. Our guests will help you grow, scale up, and work smarter. Today, we're joined by Dan Farley, who is the VP of Customer Success at CNIT. CNIT is a video crowdsourcing platform enabling organizations to create video with people from anywhere in the world. So welcome to SaaScast. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how you doing? Not bad. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. So we're getting stuck straight in with um, using customer success to drive innovation. So we've got our first question here, which is tell us about yourself and your role at CNIT. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, so firstly, yeah, my name is Dan Fardy. I'm, I'm VP of Customer Success at CNIT. Uh, so I've actually been I've been at CNIT roughly three years. I've been working in customer success roughly 10 or 11 years up until this point. Um, I lead our entire customer success function here. Uh, so that, that comprises of customer success management, account management, professional services and support. Um, and seen it, we're a user-generated video platform for large corporate businesses. So um, we help uh, huge, huge businesses like Amazon, HSBC, Barclays, uh, many more create collaborative video with their employees through user-generated video. It's really exciting stuff. Amazing. Um, and what do you sort of do in your role sort of day to day? What are your main responsibilities? Oh, that's that's a great question. <laughs> well, on my main responsibility is VP customer says, honestly, I think I could, I mean, I could drill into so much. I think ultimately my responsibility in my role is to ensure that the voice of our customers is being heard. Um, I think at a leadership level and at a shareholder level, yeah. um, and that we are as a business making decisions around our customers. Um, so whether that's from a product perspective, a product innovation perspective, which I'm sure we'll go on to talk about in a minute, um, or from a strategy perspective in terms of how we run the business, um, how it operates, making sure that our customers are heard at that level. And obviously in order to do that, I'm incredibly close to everyone in my team and obviously some of our biggest customers as well at the business. So um, from a high level, I'd say it's pretty much my role and responsibility. Everything that lies within that's probably like a huge laundry list. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah. No, that's, that's a great overview. So thanks for spelling that out for us. So next question is, how do you define innovation and why do you think it's important in SaaS businesses? Oh, innovation is probably it kind of like it's it's like digital transformation right it like either means everything or absolutely nothing because it's, it's yeah. used so much i guess really if you think about what the actual meaning of the term innovation is it's probably something along the lines of an implementation of an idea or ideas yeah. that result in the introduction of something that's new right? Ultimately. Mm. So something that doesn't currently exist or probably only partially exists and the actual physical implementation of that idea. Um, and I think honestly, really, I think why it's important in, in SAS is that when you think about it, new problems and new challenges are arising every single day, specifically in the, in the SaaS industry. Mm. And because of these new challenges and new problems that are, that are constantly coming up, you are consistently having different technologies that are being uh, different technologies that are being developed as a solution to those problems and challenges, right? And I think yeah. we live in a society now where there always has to be an answer to everything, right? There always has to be something that's going to help us um, 
or, or something that can resolve something for us, right? So you've now got technology over and over again. There's new startup technology companies emerging every single week by the looks of it pretty much globally. So um, so I think when it comes to SaaS, like that's one of the, the, the kind of the biggest, most complicated um, complicated spaces, but it's always when you dig into it, it's actually challenges and problems that are being resolved with technology yeah. ultimately. So it's pretty, pretty fascinating, um, pretty fascinating stuff once you start getting into it. Yeah. One of those, those words that's, as you say, it sort of means it can mean everything and, and nothing depending on how you use it. So <laughs> yeah. thank you for doing a good job defining it for us there. Yeah. Um, so what are the ways in which customer success in particular can drive innovation over other departments? Um, so it's interesting because we, we've actually, we've actually gone through this at Scenic quite recently, uh, quite heavily. So, so as a business, we're going through this really interesting period where, um, we are developing a brand new technology, uh, mm -hmm. with a huge breadth of, of brand new features. And we're slightly changing our kind of our proposition as a business, even though ultimately we're user generated video, um, we're sort of extending um, our market, we're extending what it is that we provide. And what we've been, I guess, going through the entire time is we operate or sit in a space that's still very immature when it mm -hmm. comes to the problem that we're trying to solve. It's, it's, it's matured a lot over the last two years, um, but we're still in a period ultimately, or have been in a period where customers you know, they really love the concepts of seeing it, but they're still trying to understand, I think on a high level, you know, what, what it ultimately is like, what, what does it really drive towards? What's the, what's the real value, the business value that's there. And over the last two years, we've seen that mature a huge amount. We were having conversations with customers two years ago that were, this is fantastic, but I'm trying to understand where video sits in my business and why it's valuable. And now that conversation isn't really happening anymore. Customers just get it. Um, they understand what the value is. They understand um, what it is that Scenic provides and, and the value it drives at their business. And actually now what we're starting to see is more competitors emerge that are kind of doing some of the same things as us. So it's it's, it's really interesting. This space is growing up so quickly. Um, but the entire time in that process through 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 uh, customer success, we've been part of that innovation because we're consistently educating customers on what's happening in the space, what's happening with other customers, and they're sort of coming to this, um, uh, coming to or, or sort of arriving at this place where they're now starting to under understand the value, not just in seeing it, but in the space and in video. So we've very much been part of that innovation, I guess, behind the scenes. Um, even though the market itself has been waking up, and obviously things like coronavirus has, has, has obviously accelerated the use of video video tools and video platforms as well. So there's been other things at play. Um, but we've definitely been part of that um, for sure and, and the way that we actually do customer success at Senior as well. Um, that aside, obviously, we're there to help drive product innovation at the business through through um, through customer requirement and obviously how how we shape the product itself around what our customers need. So um, we've been part of that. I'd say products is huge, but also just being part of that maturing market and, and having our customers understand what the real value is behind what we do. Amazing. So it definitely sounds like a sort of um, sort of at the forefront of everything there, really, sort of driving people's understanding of the product as well as the value, the understanding of the value and um, really sort of driving innovation within and without your company. It, exactly. I like to think of it this way, right? There's kind of almost, probably oversimplifying this, but I see it as there's two types of innovation. 
There's initial innovation, which is what we spoke about earlier. So the idea, the concept, the light bulb moment, mm. you know, wow, there's this solution to this problem, like, and I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to develop that solution, right? That's the initial yeah. innovation. And then the second part is developing innovation. So you've you've got that, that concept in now, mm. but then all of a sudden competitors start to emerge, the products and service, you know, your products and services then need to start to innovate to kind of outdo the competition, right? So then even though you've innovated initially, you then need to continuously innovate and develop on that side of things. So that's kind of how I try to think of it. Um, and as customer success, honestly, and being at Scenic, we've, we've we've kind of gone across both of those, which has been really interesting. I've I've never experienced that in another company before. Um, so yeah, well, it's a really really interesting answer. I guess kind of a, oh, maybe this is simplifying it too much. A sort of static and a moving innovation where you sort of got the the first initial idea, the platform, and then the continuous, as you say, always looking to sort of offer something new. Yeah, exactly that. I really like how you've put that. It's like, it never stops, right? It never stops. Um, and you've probably seen, uh, again, like I really, I've seen a lot of, lot of different people um, across the space talk about the consumption gap um, in, in technology. And, you know, that's a really good example of, I, I think if anything, that, that sort of really highlights innovation, you know, that consumption gap technically does always need to be there. If mm. it isn't, then there's something that's wrong. Um, yeah. whether your CS team aren't really doing their job or their or your product team aren't really doing their job, right? Like there must always be a consumption gap. And that's obviously to drive towards constant uh, moving moving parts when it comes to innovation. Definitely. And you've sort of touched on my next question there, which is um, how can customer feedback drive innovation within your product? Yeah, um, exactly that. I mean, to, to, to be honest, I think it goes back to... I mean, I speak, I speak to lots of people about this, if I'm being honest. I think you have to get to a place where, as a company, your customers are part of your innovation. They're, they're not just inputting into it. And yeah. I've worked at some companies where at times you feel like they're just kind of inputting and it's being considered. And then other companies where you can really see from from like day dot, wow, this this entire business takes... Like it, like it, the customers are part of the innovation. Like they, they literally help shape that and drive it at this business. And again, one one thing for us at Scenic, we're we're you know we're I mean we've been going for six just over six years now. I believe I believe <laughs> should really know that just over six years. But we're still quite a small business in terms of you know our size of a company. But we work with massive organisations, and when customers buy Scenic unlike other tools that I've experienced in the past where they're, you know, they're procuring a piece of software and then they're like, well, I need this to do this for me. Um, even though there's an element of that we've seen it, we really do feel like a lot of our customers kind of feel like they're investing in us yeah. a little bit. Like, like, oh, you know, there's this great tool, there's this great company. I'm kind of investing in this startup, mm. in this tool that looks fantastic. And I'm part of that, uh, like, you know, that early stage of their, their, um, their journey as a business. Um, and because of that, then obviously like we want them to feel like, you know, they've invested in us and we want to make sure that they're part of the part of the business as a whole in terms of how we innovate and more specifically the product, because they've actually invested in us. They've got a, they've got a huge interest in our success as a company. We, we always hear a lot of customers ask us, you know, how well, how well are you, you guys doing? Yeah. It's like, you know, like what, you know, how well, how many more new customers have you got? And we're kind of like, huh? Really? Like, but it's like, yeah, because they've kind of, they've invested in us. That's how they see it. And I think that's a really, really amazing situation, uh, a really amazing, amazing place to be with, with your customers. So 
Um, in terms of feedback, I think it's really important that as a business, it's almost like you don't even really look at it as feedback. You look at it as part, you know, these customers are part of part of our innovation as a business. And we have um we have a um responsibility um to be able to deliver for them and make sure we innovate the products in a way that suits and meets their needs ultimately. Like that is absolutely what we should be doing. So incredibly important for sure. Yeah, it sounds really key. And um I think again, you've sort of blasting through my questions here so obviously I'm sort of nailing (laughs) questions off all at the same time it's terrible it's amazing Um, no it's fantastic because obviously a lot of these things sort of how to drive innovation within a business it's not just you know here's one thing in one department here's one thing you can do in another department they all sort of roll into each other to create an innovative company as a whole so um obviously you've spoken there about how you encourage innovation sort of working with your customers how do you translate that over to your team how do you sort of create um an atmosphere that encourages innovation within your teams yeah for sure um so i i believe that you have to create it's going to sound quite cloudy, fluffy, but I believe with this sort of stuff, like you have to create a company. And I think, I think honestly, this should, this is the role of any customer success team. It, it's, you can't really KPI this. It's, I think it's, it's pretty impossible, but you have to have this at the forefront of what you're doing. And that is you need to create a customer driven energy across the entire company. Right. Like that. Now that's a very sort of high term. Like, you, well, how do you KPI that? Well, you, you can't really like, but it has to be something that you all feel as yeah. a customer success team. Um, and what I mean about that, what I mean by that is you have to get other areas of the business that you don't work in, product, marketing, sales, every, every single area of the business, operations, finance, you know, p- pick what you want. You have to get those areas excited about the customer. You've got to get them excited. Um you know, we talk a lot about the link between engineering and the customer, right? You have this engineer team, like this this huge department of unbelievably talented people that are coding all day and are building software, right? And I speak to so many areas, uh, so many different companies who say, yeah, you know, we have this challenge, you know, being able to kind of feedback, you know, what customers want. And I've worked in businesses where the only time customer success professionals speak to products and engineering it is to either, well, a lot of the time, it's to basically say, my customer isn't happy because we're not building that. My customer yeah. isn't happy because they're not, we're not building this. And that's the only conversation they ever have with products and engineering. And I've always sat there and thought, hold on a second. Every single time those people talk to you or see you, you're bringing problems, right? You're bringing, you're, you're bringing, you're bringing issues. You're bringing, you know, my customer wants this, my customer wants that. And you never talk to them about, or you never feedback when a customer says they really love something. Like, wow, you guys pushed that feature, that really small feature. I was like, oh, it's had a, it's been a complete game changer for us. And the CSM goes, oh, fantastic. And then that never makes it back. And you yeah. think, well, hold on a second, like that's just as valuable. Like yeah. that is just as valuable as as the, as as the other bits and pieces. And so to to go back onto this point of an atmosphere for innovation and something we try to do at Senior is when we meet with our product team, we talk about all of the great stuff as well. We hear so many great stories from customers about how, you know, just not just the platform, but physical features and implementations have helped, you know, drive such business value, such huge business value. 
And we want to share that with the engineering team, with the people that have actually built that feature. We want to share that with them. And mm. through going through this process, you start to create that customer-driven energy that I've spoken about. You start to create that feel-good um you know, tenacity, like for everyone to be like, wow, you know, we want to hear more of this. We really want to hear more of this. And all of a sudden you've got a relationship that in the past has been very difficult at other businesses for CS teams and product teams being one that is just flourishing because everyone's pulling in the right direction. Um, So to kind of round off on that sort of how to create that atmosphere, I, I think it's really, really important to create that energy and through creating that energy, feeding back to the rest of the business, now, what the great, great value is that your customers are getting and doing that proactively, it's your job. It's, it's you know, it's your job as well to, to kind of feed back where areas of product aren't working and making yeah. sure there's accountability. But it is also your job to make sure that, you know, the rest of the business hears about just how much value customers are getting. So um, that that side, I don't know why it can be lacking sometimes. And I think it's sometimes in customer success, it's the, it's the heaviness of the job um, and making sure that you want to do everything you can for your customers. It's, it's, it's absolutely critical. but You've got to create that energy. You've got to create that real good, feel good energy between everyone. And the way you do that is is wonderful customer stories about how they're using the tech and get that back to the people that are building it ultimately at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. That sounds amazing. And I think I liked um, sort of how you mentioned that that kind of positive feedback also has value as, as much as the sort of negative or, or constructive feedback or demands. Um, hearing what things worked well isn't just a pat on the back. It's also sort of strategy on how you know what choices you've made that have made sense and using that to move forward a hundred percent you roll out a, a new deployment your tech and every single one of your customers comes back to you and says that has done xyz for us it is that has been one of the most valuable things that that you guys have rolled out in the last two three years you go back and tell your product team that all of a sudden the strategy may shift. Well, hold on a second. Why aren't we investing more in this direction and this direction to bring more value? Actually, through feeding that back, you end up feeding into the strategy. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's a really good point. And I just think, um, you know, lots of companies do this stuff well, but it, it's a mixed bag. I've worked at a lot of companies where that happens a lot, where it really doesn't happen at all. And the product team can't stand it. As soon as they see a customer success manager, they think, oh no, here we go. Yeah. Like, here we go. It's kind of like that that sort of attitude. And it's, I think really, if you're going to, as a company, create an atmosphere for innovation, you've got to create that driven, collective driven energy and that positive energy between between each team, make it harmonious. Yeah, definitely. And sort of moving away from the no news is good news kind of feeling. You want to yeah. also hear the good news. That's so sad as well. Like, yeah. oh, I had a couple of CSM this week. Like, Must be doing well. Good. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. It's like, no, actually, yeah. you want it so that when you see us, chances are you're going to hear something really great. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So in that sort of the positive side of things, unfortunately, I'm going to take you over to the sort of negative side. What are some of the ways that you feel innovation can be stifled within customer success teams? So obviously you've given us a, a sort of insight into how to create that positive atmosphere, but what things have you seen people do badly that, that haven't really helped? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, sorry, I got us all like super like positive <laughs> there. I've got to like bring us down. Um, no, I think there's again, like you could talk about this for hours, but I think there's one thing at the front of mind for me that I have seen at a few different companies now. Um, And strangely enough, it is customer success not spending enough time with products. That sounds quite an obvious thing, right? Yeah, well, of course you need to spend time together, but there's a reason for that. I feel, based on what I've seen, that 
product teams in general don't spend enough time coaching customer success managers. Okay. Um, and what I mean by that is how to ask the right questions and how to get the right information. Um, now, I think when a CS team don't understand how to have a problem and solution-based conversation with a customer, that is a big issue. I've seen it across, I've seen it across the board. And you have to understand that when you're with a customer and they're feeding back to you, okay, you know, we need this, we need that, we need this, we need you to build this, we need you to build that. You've got to take that step back and challenge the customer and say, okay, cool. I hear you got all this down. Let's really talk about the solution. We're to, what, what are we trying to solve here? What is the main thing that we're trying to solve here? And that is the thing that you need to get as a customer success manager. That is the, that's the number one thing, because I think we forget a lot of the time that customers are not product people. They're customers. Yeah. They're not product managers, right? You've got those people sitting back at the office or well, I guess not the office anymore, but you know, you know what I mean? Like you've got those people there and guess what? They're really, really good at finding solutions for customers. That's their job. So the second that you go back to the product team and you tell them what they should be building, that is just the wrong vibe, right? That is like the last thing product people want to hear. They do not want to hear you coming to them, telling them what they should be building. They want you to come to them and say, hey, here's the challenge my customer's having. Yes, okay, they've given us some product examples if you really want to see those, but here's the challenge. I really, really want to work with you guys to find a solution for this customer. And the product person says, yeah, you know what? That's what I love doing. That's why I do this job. And they go away and they develop a solution, which obviously translates into you know, a solution within the product for the customer. And you know what? Nine times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10, that solution is always better, 10 times better than what the customer actually, um, the customer actually recommended in the first place. Yeah. You know, lo and behold, right? Like, <laughs> and the customer goes, oh, do you know what? You, you go back to some of that and they go, oh, that's so much better than what we were talking about. Oh yeah, that's, wow, that's great. So innovation, I feel is stifled ultimately when, your CS team are not being coached by your product team on what the right questions, you know, what, what are the right questions to ask and the right areas to challenge the customer mm -hmm. when you're having product discussions with them and vice versa. When customer success managers do not understand how the product team work and how they do their jobs. Yeah. And I think that is one of the biggest, biggest examples of, of innovation being stifled. Understand what product people care about, why they do their job, what they need from you to allow them to do the best possible job, you know, and then, you know, product team, help customer success people understand how we have those product conversations, how we challenge customers in that way, because we're going to be able to get so much more for you than what, than what we're potentially getting now, which is I need this feature escalated. <laughs> yeah, you know, like okay, why? Because my customer may not renew if it isn't. It's like that's not really an answer. <laughs> that's yeah, an answer yeah. that that you're giving, you know, for you. It's like, that's not an answer for the customer. It's not. That's not what the value is. So that I think for me is the is the biggest thing. Like that will stifle any software company, any SaaS business, probably any any company in general that you know with their customers. That absolutely makes sense, and um, something that sort of is seen quite a lot. I guess you sort of come with a 
pre-made solution in your head, a, an idea of what you want as a customer. And you sort of, as you say, you sort of leave it to the professionals. The product team are the ones who solve these problems. So um, that's a really good advice. So how can other departments feed into new ideas and strategies for customer success? Obviously, we've talked a bit about how customer success and product can work together, but are there any other departments you think that customer success could um, work well with to drive innovation within a company? For sure. I'm going to give you a really, a really big sort of like high level answer here. Um, I honestly would say the answer is every single department in the entire company should be doing this. There shouldn't be one department not doing this, like like literally. Now, obviously the realism is that isn't always the case and it's more difficult than, you know, we don't just thought, Oh, great. Let's just go out and make sure every department works for customer success and feeds into our strategy. Like brilliant. Great. You know, I, again, I have conversations all the time where, customer success and and trying to make that a priority across the whole business is a massive challenge, right? So um, it's not as simple as that. But I think ultimately what you need to identify, and again, this is this comes down to the customer. You know, I put a lot of this accountability on the customer success manager and the VP of customer success, right? It's your job. It's your responsibility to look at every single area of your business and ask yourself, how does that department impact the experience of our of, of our customers? right now and how can it in the future you know and you can get as granular as finance and operations how we invoice our customers how we chase our invoices what sort of experience are we we creating through that you know it goes it goes into every single area of the company marketing you know like are we you know what 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 communications are we sending to customers and prospects are they the same are they different why um you know can it be more educational can it be more value driven you know is and then all the way over to sales how do we work with our sales teams so that they set the right expectations so when the customer comes on board you know they have a fantastic experience working with us and the salesperson can continue that relationship with the customer far into their in into their relationship with us as a business so i think it's very difficult to answer how. I think ultimately the answer here is you, it's just something you have to do. As somebody at well, that's in customer success, you have to look at the 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 makeup of your business. That ultimately every single department it aligns to a successful experience using your solution. That that's ultimately what it does. Yeah. You have to align those departments and understand how every single one of them impacts the customer because they all do, mm-hmm. directly or indirectly, they all do. Once you understand that, then you can start to work with them on how they can start to um, how they can start to feed into ideas about what you do within customer success, the strategy you have as a team. You know, do you do you start to rely more on customer marketing moving forward for your for your user base, for example, or not? Actually, do you, is that not a route you take? So it's it's there's so many different things, but but ultimately you've just you've just got to align other areas of the business. It's, it's something you have to do. Yeah. And you've moved quite nicely into my next question, which is how do you, um, obviously you've mentioned aligning, but how do you prioritize um, innovation cross-functionally? So between those departments, how do you, how do you sort of put all of that together? Yeah. I've, I'm really sorry about this as well, Joe. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nailing like two or three questions at the same time and then going back and looking. Yeah. And uh, you're right. the shortest, shortest podcast episode. In, in, uh, <laughs> it's fantastic. I think yeah, we're getting a really good, good uh, a really good idea of of everything in one go. So and how it all fits together. So it's really helpful, I think, for our for our um, listeners. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, aligning and and prioritizing innovation cross functionally. I mean, that is again, it's such a huge, huge challenge, huge question. Um I think the difficulty here is that, and again, we, we talk about cross cross department, every single department has 
different uh, different things that they're prioritizing, right? There's different challenges. They're responsible for, you know, again, we can sit here and say, we're all responsible for the customer. Like we're all responsible for, yeah, of course we are. We, we know that. But the realism is sales have different OKRs and KPIs. Marketing have certain OKRs and KPIs. Products have certain OKRs. And, you know, ultimately we are all, as departments, have different responsibilities on a day-to-day basis. So that makes it incredibly challenging when you're trying to prioritize um, how you innovate around the customer at a business. Needing all of those different departments to be involved is, is very, very challenging. I think, again, this goes back to... Um, understanding what is important. And we, we don't do this enough. I really don't think we do. Understanding what is important internally at your business to the people that you work with in other departments. You know, we, we spend our, our entire time doing that with our customers, right? Understanding what's important to them, like what the challenge is, what makes them tick. And then we go back, you know, to the day to day and we, we forget to do it with the people that we actually work with in the business, right? It's yeah. just as important. It's one of the most important skills in customer success. So once you start to understand what is important to those individuals, you can start to think about, okay, how can I engage with, with certain people from certain teams who can make decisions on how we can innovate, how we can roll out new ideas for our customers, how we can make it align to what their KPIs, their OKRs are, we all win. And I think that is the that's the the biggest thing ultimately. It really is in terms of actually having the business prioritize what they do and what they don't do. You know, again, we there's that old saying like having customer success at the CEO level, right? Having that top-down company-wide approach that we hear about so much. You know, that is so important because your CEO is there to then help with that prioritization, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're there for. Like they're accountable. That CEO, yes, okay, they're accountable to all of the shareholders, but they're accountable to the customers. Ultimately, they are. And having their backing and having that top-down company-wide approach, when you want to start to innovate in that in in whether it's products or whatever you want to do around your customers, like they're going to help open those doors for you when you really need it. So um not the most um, detailed answer in the world because it's say, such a huge question. But I think yeah. what I'm trying to say here is, you, you know, you've got to understand what it is that make other areas of the business tick in order, you know, for you to work with them to innovate around the customer. Again, we go back to the, the, the product example that we spoke about earlier on and making sure obviously that customer success ultimately is something that is bought in by the CEO, bought in by your board of directors and is something that, um, they are accountable for just as much as everyone else and, and that they can support you on opening those doors across the business to prioritize um, innovating in the areas that, that you know you need to innovate in. Yeah. And um, no, I think that's a fantastic answer. And obviously we like to ask the hard questions here. They're very yeah, broad they're, answers. To they're, really, they're really hard questions. I'm struggling <laughs> so much. Um, so yeah, no, you've definitely, uh, you've definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a fantastic answer. Um, so do you think that obviously we've covered sort of how to innovate within your company? Do you think that there are, that tools and software help to encourage innovative thinking? Or do you think sort of more old school ways of, of working work best? Do you have any sort of thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, so you probably won't be surprised to hear that I, I my answer is yes. I think they do. <laughs> um, I guess we can start with the really obvious reason for that, which is, um, you know, tools, uh, you know, like I, I, don't, I don't want to throw loads of names out here, but, you know, Pendo and uh, you know, Gainsight and, you, you know, tools that give you just really, you know, segment, uh, tools that give you such deep uh 
like analytical understanding of what your what your customers are, are doing or what users are doing, you know, how the user experience, um, you know, is the user experience where it needs to be? Is it you know, all of these things, all of these this technology, it's key. You you can't just guess. You you mm. you can't. And you can talk to every single user out there, you know, really like actions speak louder than words. Like seeing that behavior behind the scenes is is so, so important. It tells you such a such a massive story. So um from that perspective, I think technology is very important. I'll be honest, my view on this is there are so many amazing tools out there at the moment. I come across so many every single day and the quality of the user experience, like the user experience design is getting higher and higher and higher in every single tool. Now, I'm, I, I literally will log into a tool for the first time, start using it and think, I'll, I'll already start thinking myself like, wow, really love how they've set the UI out here. Love how, love this onboarding flow, right? It's just like, why am I thinking this stuff? But the reason is because I work in technology every single day. So as a company, when you think about um, tools and software to help encourage innovative thinking, just using new SaaS tools internally to do your job across the business, you know, product, whether it's, you know, tools that they use um specifically you know customer success tools tools that you use and product managers like things like monday.com or whatever it is you know all of these you know vidyard there's so many like new emerging amazing tech tools just using them every single day to do your job actually does encourage your innovative thinking because you will start to look at your own tech solution and you'll start to compare it to to the the tools that you're using and then you'll start to ask the product team questions. Like I, I've seen it here at seen it. Like someone will like, hey guys, really quick question. Um, I've been using this tool and they do this, this, and this. Like we should be doing this in our tool because it would help customers do that. So actually just through using another piece of technology, you're feeding back really interesting insights about the user experience that could actually help aid your technology. That has nothing to do, it's no feedback that's come from any customer, right? You've just seen that, you've experienced it, you think it would be a really beautiful feature or or um, flow in 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 your in your technology platform. So, just using the breadth of tech tools out there for any company, I think it automatically is encouraging that innovative thinking. Now, you're automatically comparing those tools that have nothing to do with your tool. You're comparing it. You're comparing that user experience, um, and I think that's really critical. Um, it might sound so obvious, but actually, I think um, that's actually doing a lot more good than people actually realise. Yeah, it's almost like organic market research. Yeah, pr- yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And you're not even think you're not doing it. You're not opening these tools, and you're mm. saying, "Do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna open up Vidyard today, right? And I'm gonna start using this tool, and I'm gonna start seeing what they're doing that we're not doing so great." You don't, you don't do that. You just you're, mm. you're using it, but without knowing, you're you're constantly evaluating like that subconsciously. Yeah, and then the next time you open your tool, you're like, "Oh, do you know what they do? It's really nice thing there. Like we we should, you know, that would." That would be great. Like you're you're yeah. evaluating all the time subconsciously. And I think um the second you stop using tech tools and you're not encouraging that, then I think ultimately you're going to be missing, you're going to be missing massive gaps. Um yeah. yeah. No, I think that's really helpful and really interesting to hear. So our last question is another broad one as we like to throw them at you, is um what sort of trends are you seeing emerging customer success um at the moment? And are there any that you find particularly interesting or exciting? Oh, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you probably won't be surprised to hear that. Um, yeah, there's, there's, um, there's a few, I'll 
I'll be honest, like the one that I think is most interesting isn't necessarily a new one for me, mm. um, but it's actually, I'm hearing people talk about it as if it is new. And I guess yeah. it, it is. It depends on what part of the world you're in, uh, but customer success operations. Mm. So um, I'm hearing a lot of people, I think especially over here in EMEA, I'm not sure. It feels like this is still a very new concept. I came across customer success operations roughly six years ago yeah. uh, when I worked for a business uh, tech company in, in Austin, in Texas, uh, where actually about five or six years ago, they actually invested in customer success operations at that point. Um, I stepped away from that, didn't really hear anything about it for like three years. And then all of a sudden started hearing stuff about it again. And I was like, oh yeah, that thing. Um, yeah. And the reason I get really excited about this is because <clears throat> customer success, again, still being a very new department, very new role, like compared to everything else. And you hear this a lot, like businesses and, and oh, well, I guess people in customer success say, oh, I've become the everything department. You know, I, I look after customers and I do everything as well. Like I'm the everything department. I think the reality of businesses is it's still like that quite a bit. It's yeah. maturing very, very quickly. And what customer success operations is allowing customer success teams, or I guess business in general, to do is have further, more ingrained, in-depth insight into what it is that their customers really care about through through analyzing the behavior of customers, right? Not just talking to them, but really analyzing, I guess, the evidence behind you know, the behavior that it is that they're showing. And I think with data analysis now, and there's there's so many amazing platforms and, and integrations that allow you to analyze more and more data than than ever, and and that will only ever increase. Now, um, it, will, it will never go backwards. You've got so much at your fingertips there, and I feel like customer success operations as a department, as a principle, I think really does open open that up completely. And I think more importantly for customer success managers that are still doing a lot of that data digging. You know, we're not data analysts, right? We can try to be, but we're not data analysts. So we do the best with what we have. But, you know, a lot of customer success managers are still doing all that digging into data and they're trying to kind of make sense of it. Actually having a department or a function that do that for you. So your customer success managers can do what they do best. Um, and that isn't necessarily analyzing data and trying to come to a conclusions about what they found. Yeah, And that really, really excites me. Um, I think it's something that is just going to speed up. Um, you know, sales sales ops is a very normal thing. It's been around for years and years and years. Um, marketing ops as well. Um, and obviously, as customer success is much, much newer than sales and marketing, now you're starting to see customer success operations. I think it's going to become a very normalized um, area of a business uh, long term. I'm starting to see more and more tech companies now have CS ops managers and CS ops analysts. So that's the main trend for me that I'm really excited about. I, I, I can't wait to see how it kind of adapts as well. Um, and, and also how it merges with products and how that overlap starts to happen. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's, I'd say one of the, the, the main trends for me that I'm, I'm super excited about. Fantastic. So thank you so much. Um, my last question, I know I said that was the last one, but we haven't had one <laughs> yeah. for you, is just, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with for anyone who's sort of looking to become a more innovative customer success professional? Um, yeah, I'd say really, try, and it goes back to my earlier point, like just to reiterate that, understand more specifically when we when we're talking about product um 
or the wider business understand what it is that the people at your company really care about. What is it? What is it? The internal bit, your marketing, product, sales. What is it that's really important to them? And then how can you align your customer needs with their needs? Like I know that's such a huge, huge challenge, but if you're really going to get every single area of the business aligning around innovation, around your around your customers, success of your customers, like the realism is that it had there has to be a common goal in mind that is more than just but it's right for the customer. Like it has to be more than that. And I feel that we, I think as a customer success sort of movement and, you know, whatever you want to call it, we've got to understand that. And I think the quicker we start to understand that and the quicker we start to start to adopt that way of thinking, I actually think the quicker we can start to get businesses rally, rallying and aligning around customers properly and innovating around customers. You know, innovation doesn't just need to be products and tech. It can be process, right? It can be, you know, how your marketing team engage, how your finance team engage, you know, the conversations your salespeople have with your customers, like innovation is like, we go back to the original idea. It's an implementation of an idea that results in something new, right? It doesn't have to just be technology. There's, there's so many areas of your business that could be doing something new and they're not doing now, and it could be benefiting the customer. So ultimately, until you really understand what it is that everybody at your business cares about, what makes them tick, what's important to them, like you can't even start to begin to put that in place. So just spend time really understanding that. Um, I think we get lost too much in what our customers want and need, and we forget that we're working with human beings. Everybody's driven by something, and you need to align those two things. I have to marry. Um, so, so yeah, that definitely would be the one that the <laughs> my parting gift of the thought uh, that I'll leave you with for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I think that'd be really helpful. So thanks for chatting with us today, and um, hopefully we'll speak to you again soon yeah likewise and thank you so much for having me as well i've really enjoyed it no worries see you later see ya